Hey, this is uh, Andy Bannister, and uh, welcome to Pep Talk, the Persuasive Evangelism Podcast. I'm joined by my co-host, Christy Mayer, and we are here at the final night of the massive Creation Fest uh, festival in Cornwall. If you can hear kind of bands and noise and chaos in the background, uh, that's the reason. And we're very excited just to have grabbed uh, a dear friend uh, of mine, Joel uh, Turner, all the way from uh, Canada, who's been here um, kind of this week, and uh, really excited to dig into uh, our interview um, with Joel for the next kind of... 20 minutes Joel Woo-hoo. you're known as a number of things actually you're a comedian um, quite a good one actually occasionally and, thanks, uh, thanks. Like, like that. Oh. although you didn't like that joke I shared with you earlier so it was okay it was okay yeah, thank yeah. you for that and uh, also pastor evangelist and it's been great seeing you doing uh, you know your stuff here at Creation Fest and seeing people respond and you know this podcast is all about helping um, folks become you know more relaxed more effective their evangelism at work it. and whatever and some people might look at you and go buddy look it's easy to do evangelism sure. you're Joel Turner because yeah. you are you know seriously very funny attractive art, articulate yeah. mm-hmm. bald um, bald yeah. but, 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 loud, that, but loud okay. confident you've got a platform right. somebody listening to this going but you know how how can I share my faith with my friends you know on Monday to Friday I work at a bank I'm not particularly confident and, you know, I've only been a Christian a few years, not got the experience uh, you've got. You know, evangelism for, mm-hmm. is for, for, for professionals, um, not mm-hmm. for me. What would you say and how could well, you I'd encourage say, somebody? Yeah, great question. First off, I'd say you got to go back about 40, 50 years first. Uh, because I think method evangelism has taken evangelism out of the hands of the layperson and put it into the hands of the professional. What do I mean by that? Let me explain. We had all these systems. We had, um, and I'm not saying they're all bad, but they're just an example. So you had the four spiritual laws. You had the four doors. You had friendship evangelism. Uh, you had way of the master more recently. So that you have all these methods. And I think what happened personally in evangelism, when I look at it, is because we had all these methods, if you ascribed to one of these, if you sort of said, okay, I'm going to try this method, you now have to memorize that method. And and again, there was sort of hit and miss with these things, even the gospel track sort of generation, where you came out with, okay, someone's done the work for me. And we get why, and there's some good in that. The challenge of that is it's moved people away from what I see more scripturally is simply spirit-led evangelism that leads to boldness. That's a start. That's incredible. <laughs> I mean, that, that just it's just so simple, isn't it? Mm-hmm. That there aren't any kind of formulas, performances that we have to kind of go through in order to share Jesus with our friends. But what would that actually look like kind of sure. practically without falling into the some of the stumbling blocks yep. of those particular programs? I think even if you take uh, the verse where... Uh, all the disciples get together in Acts and it says they prayed, they were filled with the Spirit, and they spoke the Word of God with boldness. Uh, that's a starting point to just say that the byproduct of the Spirit-filled life, the person that starts their morning and says, Lord, I'm going to put the armor of God on, and one of the pieces is the shoes of the gospel piece. So in that, there's a sense where I'm going to this day, and I'm expecting now for opportunities. Now, the first thing you can put in in just real basic evangelism training mm. is prayer and expectation. Yeah. Right. If I'm not expecting it, I'm not looking for it. If I'm not looking for it, then I'm not doing what Paul said to do in Ephesians. At the end of the book, he goes, oh, and can I put in a personal prayer request after the armor of God? Here's what it is. I want utterance that I might make known the mystery of the gospel with boldness and that I might open my mouth. So look what he's saying. Utterance, the Greek word means Clarity or clear speech, I believe. So you have someone saying, I want to speak clearly. Mm. I want to speak boldly. I want to speak the mystery of the gospel, which means there's a semblance there where I'm not going to have all the answers, but the Spirit's going to fill it in like he promises to do when we 
do what? Number four, open our mouths. So 100% of evangelism doesn't happen Hmm. until you open your mouth. So good. Sorry, are you going to say something? Yeah, no, I was going to say, I think what I I find so helpful about that is, I mean, that technique thing, Joel, I can remember as a young Christian getting hung up on that. You have to master the technique, you haven't mastered it, so you can't do the stuff. But actually, just beginning with, you know, whether you've been a Christian for a week or 10 years, you can pray. You can pray for the Lord to give you opportunity. You can pray for the Lord to open up opportunities and uh, pray for the Lord to fill your mouth when you open it. Well, take a a simple approach to just... um your devotional life, right? We all use different words, devotions, quiet time, prayer time, Bible reading, whatever you want to call it. You should start each day with the Lord. And so I encourage people like put on the armor of God. It's command written in the tense. It's non-optional. It prepares you. And it actually is, you know, we talk about Philippians being the mental health book of the New Testament. Well, the prescription pills are the armor of God in, mm-hmm. at the end of Ephesians. They really are because they they do more than just go, oh, I'm putting, you, I pray through with my kids. I go, put the armor, let's pray through each piece. When I'm praying through, you know, the helmet of salvation, I'm reminded of my salvation. When I'm praying through the sword of the spirit, I'm talking about the power of the word and the spirit working in my life in conjunction. And now I'm going out into my day. Remember, Jesus said, what I tell you in secret, shout it from the rooftops. Well, what does he mean? I think the secret place, lots of um, heroes of the faith call it the secret place, is the quiet time. So when I get this amazed, the most natural thing that someone can do that's not an evangelist, let's say, or doesn't even, we would say, have the gift of evangelism is they can take what God's shown them in the morning, open their mouth, and trust the Spirit to guide a conversation. And I teach people that all the time. Hey, sit down with somebody and go, what did God show you in the morning? Oh, you know, that's really interesting in my Bible. And now people get scared of that. They're like, well, if I say my Bible, they're going to, yeah, but you're on topic. Mm -hmm. Okay, so I I don't know. That's just for me, that's the most natural for people is just share what God shows. (laughs) You know, that just reminds me of Norman Grubb. I don't know if you've come across him. Yeah, yeah. One of his prayers that he wrote um, very early on in his life was good morning heavenly father what are you doing today can yeah. i join you yeah. thank you yeah. and he then kind of started and, and spearheaded missions and established was very yeah. influential figure in establishing the, the christian yeah. unions in the uk so this kind of yeah. this role of just that simple prayer of god Absolutely. what are you doing can i join you henry blackaby experiencing god did the same thing i don't know if you ever read that but his workbook he's like you know i want to join in what the lord's already doing then it's not like i'm right. pushing uphill uh, Chuck Smith, before that, Blackaby took Chuck's words. Chuck said, catch the wave of what the Spirit is doing, and you'll be riding that as opposed mm. to, it's a great visual, as opposed to forcing it. So method evangelism, put cue cards in front of us. And, you know, here I was as a young guy. If you didn't memorize that, what do you do? You're like, oh, point three. I don't <laughs> remember point three. You know what? Can I call you next week? You don't have that opportunity. You know what I mean? The other night, I'm at a gas station sharing the gospel with a girl. I can't be like, sorry, I don't know point three. Could you find someone in your town? I'm getting on a flight. I'm out of here going back to Canada. I won't see you again probably ever. So you have to just trust that the Holy Spirit's leading. In that scenario, God said clearly, you know what? Pay for her gas because she she ran out of gas. Mm -hmm. And I felt like the Lord was like, pay for her gas and tell her it's from the Lord and then start a conversation. And she got teared up and we shared the gospel with her. It was just great. You know what I mean? But it's natural in the supernatural. I tell people rather than thinking it's got to be some method. Hmm. 
I think the other thing as well, I love I love the whole natural supernatural idea. I think the other thing as well, I think I I found as a as a younger kind of Christian who got sucked into like you into the method stuff is the method stuff can work well sure can. until the person you're talking to goes off script. There that was is. what I found. I say A, you say B, I say D, yeah. C. You're suddenly saying Z. Well, no, hang on, hang on. No, That's you're supposed not in my to. Script. How not dare in my you? script, boy. You're not allowed to do that. Rather yeah. as you say, approaching it, saying, okay, where is the Lord working uh, in this? So. so the disciples get filled with the spirit go out and speak the word of god with boldness is the key word and when that happens stuff happens what the enemy tries to do is take out parts of those equations so if i can rob you of your boldness you're going to be timid we all know that that's the great when you talk to people what's the great fear of evangelism what's the fear of evangelism i'm scared i don't want to be rejected right but so if you take away the boldness what's the byproduct well boldness is the byproduct of the spirit well you know everybody here has a different plan for getting in the spirit i gotta have like you know a cup of tea so this is for you england if there's someone listening you gotta have a cup of tea i'm sure it's the same in scotland isn't it oh definitely okay yeah, yeah, right definitely. scottish tea with some whiskey with some okay i'll leave that alone but yep. you gotta have some tea you know you know throw some worship on you, you find what it is that works for you mm-hmm. to get where you're walking out of the door for the day ready and on mission and when you do that god just brings these little surprises the other night I was really tired i spoke on a tuesday night can i share this is this all right, all right. you absolutely can and i've done we'll let it uh, later was, yeah, okay not now joel not on the pocket yeah so i am um, and i was like really wiped and i'm like lord i'm so tired i just need some food so i run around the corner there's this pub called master's pub or something and i go in i go hey can i get some fish and chips she goes i'm sorry we're closing right now the kitchen's just closing down and i said okay well i'll sit so i sat down there's two waitresses there's a lady behind the the counter Hmm. cleaning dishes like you do in every movie when you're a bartender and uh you know with the towel in the glass thing and there's a a guy on the end who's 72 years old who's a regular in the place uh, and I'm sitting there and we just I just start talking with them and I'm like yeah well I'll lift up Jesus so I start sharing about Jesus mm-hmm. get in this great conversation this girl's a Buddhist all of a sudden we're into that mm-hmm. she even knows that the prophecies of Buddha didn't work and we're going through that I'm like wow 400 prophecies with Jesus you know and they're all fulfilled and the guy on the end of the bar he brings up something but again as you grow in confidence, you open your mouth, you start sharing, God's going to start bringing these things and you'll find that he'll equip you and you can just trust he'll guide the conversation. And it's also not a bad thing sometimes to go, you know what? I don't know the answer to that, but I could find out. Right. And that was one of the things that um, for me being involved with student mission on campuses, mm-hmm. we often used to say and, and to encourage students, what the what is the worst that could happen? Yeah. Because often you think, oh, my goodness, they're, they're, they're going to like shout me down. They're going to start yeah, saying yeah. they're going to do all these kind of like really scary it's things. It's not the case. But exactly. It's not the case. No, I find often we're way more scared than they are. Mm. They don't mind. I mean, for the majority part, and you see a lot of this too. Yeah, you have some that are combative, but for the most part, I, I think people just engage and get going on it. Yeah, I think as well, actually, it's not just a case of that they're, we're more scared than they are. I think often I've found over the years that our, our friends and our colleagues are actually almost waiting for us to yeah. just to start the conversation. Yeah. I mean, 
you know, I uh, the story of a friend of mine which sort of shared me shared this recently with me that he'd finally, after some years, plucked up the courage to invite his uh, one of his co-workers who was a Muslim around mm. for dinner. Yeah, yeah. And a fascinating conversation. Firstly, the tragic part was his Muslim colleague co-worker said to him, "You know, I've been in this country for 15 years. This is the first time I've been inside a Christian home." Hmm. Uh, which wow. made my friend my friend felt incredibly guilty. He then made him yeah, feel yeah. more guilty by saying, "You know, I figured out you were a Christian, and I was hoping we'd have time for a conversation because I have so many things I want to ask a Christian, and they've been working together for five years, yeah. and so it's a double." I mean, really, but yeah. at least they, they were there and together. It was interesting. Again, yeah. you know, he was somebody who was almost sitting there thinking, when's this Christian going to start a conversation because there are things I would like to ask. And I think you're right. I think people are more spiritually open in some ways today than they've been for a long time. Oh, the church is less equipped than it has been yeah. for a long time. And so it's a case of how do we, how do we bridge that gap? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. For sure. So obviously you're a you know you're a you're a Canadian uh, allegedly yeah proudly proudly <laughs> Canadian proudly. when I was a, I was I was in Canada for six years and uh, so you know loved it we still and, miss you yeah I miss you guys too um you know someone who comes over to the to the UK quite a bit mm-hmm. are there things that you've have you seen that are similar that are different because one of the fun things about going to a different culture I noticed when I went to Canada the things I observed the Canadian friends went oh hadn't thought about that are there things as you come here and minister here that you might say to us as British Christians hey you know just something you might want to think about uh, that I've noticed. You know, it's really funny, but I, I mean, obviously there's major differences in the culture, but to me, people are people. Yeah. And, and one of the things about humor is that it connects. Yeah. And so, uh, in the book that I'm writing right now is using humor to connect people to evangelism because the end game is the same. Humor in itself itself mm. is like, well, what's the point? But when you see that actually this is something that God's given us to connect with each other, to in, enjoy laughter, but also to reach people and break down walls. So that's all I would say is to me, people, I've found that people respond the same in Mexico to humor yep. as they do in Canada, the States or in England, because again, this is more my angle, but humor is mm. something that connects us all because we can all laugh and go, oh, I've done that. Oh, how silly is that? Or whatever it is. So people are people. And I think maybe that's a healthy, healthy thing. When I'm here, if I was training somebody, like, what's a great, because this would be good to talk about, like starter line, mm-hmm. right? So like a lot of people are like, what's a good starter line? You know, I never know how to start or bring it up. So this isn't necessarily what I would do. To me, it's maybe a little more natural, but over time. But for people that are starting out, like, or even new Christians, mm-hmm. I tell them, look, ask someone if they go to church. Now, I get pushback from people in training. They're like, oh, I can never ask them if they go to church. They'd say no, and they'd be like, are you kidding? I can't stand church. To me, I'm like, so what? You're on topic. Mm-hmm. How would you ever get on topic about Christian faith if you didn't bridge that gap? Who cares if they're angry, upset? Yeah. You're on topic. So for me, it's a great line, obviously, with a pastoral background, too. It's a fun one to be like, hey, do you go to church? And I'll use that in any country. Actually, it's funny you say that. I had a, I had a friend of mine in, in Canada who used that a variation of that line, but then threw something in that I thought was absolutely brilliant. I, I think, think you told me this one. He asked his neighbor, and yeah. his neighbor said no. Yeah. And then what my friend said to him was, well, you know what? We've, uh, well, you know, Our church, we're trying to make services more accessible to folks like yourself who don't go to church. Um, I'm not sure we're doing that this effectively. Could I pay you $50 to come to church on Sunday and I'll take you out for a meal afterwards and then I want your very honest feedback because I can share that with my church leaders. And yeah. his neighbour was like, are you seriously saying you will pay me to come to church and buy me a dinner afterwards? So my friend went, yeah, yeah I would. And he did. did he and it opened right. up this amazing conversation. Yeah. Actually, no, you said your friend's broke now. Like yeah, he, he is because no. he's tried to put, he's on this right. entire because community. Because he put it in a method yeah. and that's he put the it, problem exactly, now. The, uh, 2,000 people later. The $50 method and it's not, it's not working out so well. 
Um, but it, yeah, it, again, it's interesting. I do think one of the things with comedy uh, as well, and it fascinates that you know you've used that. Joel, one thing I'm I'm increasingly wondering it, it, as Christians, maybe part of what we need to be doing is is being doing the unexpected. People think they know what Christians are going to be like. And if we just be a little bit different, you know, funny, more just natural, yeah. just people have good conversations. People go, oh, that wasn't what I was expecting. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think that's kind of where we're going with with um, with this book is humor and evangelism is look I can connect with someone and comedy a lot of it bases around surprise and unexpected so the walls come down and when the walls come down then people go oh you're real Mm -hmm. and I think sometimes we're trying to win an argument with people I know this is different in apologetics I'm not a full on apologetics uh, person like you guys are but for me, from the world of just evangelism, I would say I've never led anyone to the Lord through arguing. Right. There has to be a heart connection. Mm-hmm. And when I look in Jesus, let's just talk about, let's, let's, let's beat up on method evangelism one more time. Because <laughs> I've had literally people saying, this is the best method, this is the best method after mm-hmm. I've taught on this at churches. And I, and I ask them point blank, tell me what method is exactly the same in the New Testament. And the bottom line is nobody's been able to refute this because no two people are led to the Lord in the same way in the New Testament. So you've got to ask, why did Jesus, in his total wisdom, do it that way? I think because, honestly, and I don't want to go so far as say, well, the enemies behind method. I think they're good hearts that are going, these are things that worked for mm. me, but I just don't know that we should always mass produce them. What the simplicity is, walk with Jesus and talk with people. And when you pray, pray in expectation and faith that you're going to have opportunities. And like Paul, ask for it to be clear, the mystery of the gospel, ask for it to be bold, and then open your mouth. Mm. And when you do that, great stuff happens. Because <laughs> that's, that's, that's just so, so good. Because I was just thinking about the role of humor in, in evangelism and persuasive evangelism. And I mean, hanging out with you for a little bit, I keep bumping into you yeah, in yeah. shops and Andy this week, the perpetual puns that kind of just come out of his mouth. That's not funny. humor. Is, yeah, yeah it's a lot of grown worthy, but yeah. That's just Tourette's, but um, unbelievable. Yeah. So, for people like um, myself, when you're thinking yeah. about how humor connects with mm-hmm. others and really kind of gives you that opportunity to then talk mm-hmm. about these big issues, like you say, you're on topic, it opens it up. Mm-hmm. What about for those of us who who aren't that funny? Okay. Don't, yeah, where would we You know what? I, I probably can't say this next part, but I will. Thanks for twisting my rubber arm. Basically, <laughs> um, I, I wrote a book called Can We Understand Humor? Um, like Understanding Humor. Okay, and why it matters to the gospel and apologetics. The premise of the book is what makes something funny, and this is going after a truism in the world of comedy that is generally accepted, which is you can't grow or develop comedy. So the premise of my book says, no, that's actually not true. As a former comedian, no, this is something you you would never say to a a magician, you should never try and be a magician because you can't be a magician. Or a musician, don't practice. But in the world of comedy, they say that. They're like, oh, this is an understandable thing. You can't grow in comedy. Well, I'm kind of refuting that in the book and Mm -hmm. saying, here's what makes something funny for First third of the book. Second third, here's how you grow in humor, and everyone can to an extent. And we're taking the extent part, right? Like maybe you can develop 30%. (laughs) And then the last third of the book, why it matters to the gospel. Mm -hmm. Why does it matter? Because the heart behind it is we want to reach people. And so it should be whatever avenue, whatever means. Mm -hmm. And and so I'm not giving people another method. Uh, You know, I just, after I got saved running a comedy club, I walked into a church service with three of the comedians I led to the Lord, sat in the back, the pastor got up and he started talking. And I looked to the other three guys and I said, oh, he just broke the rule of threes. And they all went, yeah, he did. 
But so I'm not trying to like, you know, force people to learn to be comedians, but I'm going, there's things from the world of comedy that are generally accepted in the comedy world that we could teach people, if you will, just to break down walls, mm. if that makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. Um, Joel, it's been a, an absolute privilege uh, hanging out for kind of 20 minutes. Yeah, so many kind of nuggets uh, in there. <laughs> and one fun. or two things we will have to edit out. All the complaints will come. <laughs> I'm sure. You know, yeah, you, every I time I speak. Yeah. You wouldn't have it any other way. No, so, uh, of course not. Thanks, mate. Thank uh, you, guys. So fun. Safe travels. And until next time. 